Hello and welcome to Rise of Humanity. I am your host, Chris Karameyer, and for today's episode, I'm very glad to be joined by my guest, Ashley Watson. Ashley is a psychotherapist turned spiritual life coach who is on a mission to support and empower women to release their fears and limitations and create a life full of joy, love and abundance. Ashley is also a Kundalini yoga and meditation teacher and incorporates this into her work to help her clients to create amazing lives for themselves. So Ashley, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. I'm so happy and excited to be here. Awesome. So um, you have, I mean, going from psychotherapist to spiritual life coach, you obviously got a very interesting um, journey. And um, reading from your website, it sounds like you've had a lot of challenges um, along the way. I mean, you write on your on your website that you had... Uh, depression and eating disorder age age 13 i mean if we just start at the the beginning of your journey and kind of what that uh, looked like and how it yeah. unfolded yeah yeah absolutely i i love sharing this story because i think it's like i think sometimes in our darkest moments we have this these really beautiful opportunities that we can't see to really start going towards the light in ways that we don't even know yet and when i was 13 years old i was totally a girl of like the mean girls phenomena i was like bullied a lot and didn't have a lot of friends and in middle school and <clears throat> And um, around that time, at some point in time, like um, in eighth grade and towards the, the summer before high school, I started losing a lot of weight. There was a lot of other stuff going on in my family. I had like my grandparents dying. I had my, my dog, who was like my big brother. I was the only child. He was dying. Um, there was a lot of sort of craziness going on. And, and in amongst all this, I also got very, very sick. And um, I lost a ton of weight. And when, I, when that happened, <clears throat> at that time, I started also getting a lot of like positive reinforcement from my peers at that time, which like you know, in your 13 year old brain, you don't really, you know, like you're like, oh, like, wow, like this is cool, you know? And so around that time was when sort of the eating disorder sort of started happening. You know, it wasn't a conscious decision. It just sort of started unfolding as I sort of wanted, I liked being acknowledged by my peers at that time. And then I got my first boyfriend and like all of these other things were going on. But I was, I was at the time, I was pretty sick and I was, um, not doing the things that I needed to do to be taking care of myself. And so what ended up happening is over that summer, things started becoming clearer and clearer that I was getting sicker. Um, <clears throat> and um, I was in this moment uh, with my grandfather at the time, who was sort of asking me, hey, Ash, like, you know, you're going into high school, like, what is it that you want to be doing with your life? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And at the time I was like, what do you, you know, I didn't say this to him because I was also sort of like this very good girl. I didn't like confrontation. I didn't like asking for things. And, and I said to him, I said, I, well, at the time I was thinking in my head, like, how am I supposed to know? I'm like this depressed mess who is constantly looking for validation from my peers. I'm, you know, like not taking care of my body. I am not eating. I'm like, you know, just doing everything I can to basically survive, but also like try to be accepted in the world that I thought that I wanted to be accepted in. Mm -hmm. And 
all of a sudden I started, you know, I was like looking down at myself and like all the, you know, these, these thoughts were coming to me in these sort of split second moments. It feels like a long time as I explain it, but it's like, what do you mean? What do I want to be when I grow up? Like, <laughs> I can't get myself out of like a paper bag right now. <laughs> and without like, uh, almost like without even anything coming out of my my like it was no thought almost and like the words just came out of my mouth and I said I want to save little girls from themselves because I knew that in that moment I knew that there were likely other girls um being 13 <laughs> other girls that felt just like me and I felt like I had nowhere that I could go that I could talk to that I could explain what I was feeling I didn't feel like I had any friends that I could talk to about how I was feeling because I had been so sort of ostracized and bullied before that and I like wanted to become the person that I am today so that I could help girls or women really heal their little girl inside of themselves so that they can live free and happy and joyful and abundant and confident in their bodies and in their minds and connected to spirit. I didn't know what all of that meant at that time when I said I want to save little girls from themselves, but that's sort of how it's evolved. And so after that, you know, I went through high school and I went to college and I studied psychology and then <clears throat> I um, got my master's in social work and I went to NYU and I loved it. It was great. And everything just sort of evolved from there. From my first jobs, I worked at an inpatient um, dual diagnosis unit. So it was like for people with co-occurring disorders, usually mostly mental health and addiction. And I've worked at outpatient mental health clinics. I've worked at rehabs. I've, and then by the time I was 26 years old, I started my private practice. And actually my, my first client was a 16 year old girl who had just had this big transition. Her family moved from Chicago to um, near where I live and where my private practice is in Greenwich, Connecticut. And, um, she was going through this whole struggle and the girls were being mean to her. And it was like this total evolutionary thing where I felt like all of my life I worked so that I could like help someone like her. And she was like yeah. suicidal because she wanted to go back home and she didn't have any friends and like, all this stuff. And we worked together and now she's doing amazingly well and she's in college now and it's crazy. <laughs> and so, um, so I was able to start doing that by the time I was 26. And as that sort of evolved, it's sort of in this whole online coaching thing has happened. And then my own spiritual journey and finding spirituality and bringing it into my life and has really sort of evolved into this place where I can help people and specifically women all around the world to be able to embrace the life that they dream of, that they know is possible for them, but they don't know how to get from where they are right now to where they want to be. And that's what I help them do. Wow. That's an amazing story. And it's, <laughs> it's, I think that's so cool that you, I mean, even though you didn't maybe know the details that, at age 13 you already knew the outcome that you wanted in 10 years time I know I know you know it's so funny because I work a lot with young young adults and sometimes they're in their 20s 
early 30s you're like I don't know what I want to do with my life and I feel it's not like I feel terrible but I'm like I I I I think that there's this thing that we all have like this idea within us of like an outcome that we want to see like I said I want to see little girls from themselves that at one point I thought that them and I wanted to work with adolescents and children and um and I thought that's what it was but then I, I did work with some adolescents and children and I realized that what was good for me was really working with adults um because with, with adults they can sort of you know for me anyway they can sort of make their own choices and do things differently um usually like 16 and, and up and so um what but then when i when i started working with adults what i realized is that especially with women men too but we all have these like little children versions of ourselves that are inside of us that are just you know, crying and screaming, like, you know, begging us to take care of them and to, and to set them free. Right. And, you know, how many times do you get into these situations in life where you realize where your little girl or little boy gets triggered and you feel unloved or like somebody's making fun of you or like, you know, and it's, and it all comes back from our childhood. And so I think that where I was going with all of this was that, you know, I think a lot of people may or may not know exactly what they want to do with their life, but they know that the outcome that they want to create. And if you stay in alignment with that, like I, you will be guided and led to the, the teachers and the schooling and the certifications and the people who can guide you on that path. Yeah. And I suppose, yeah, if you look closely enough, the, there's a running, a theme running through, you know the different choices you make even if they're you know, maybe completely different jobs as the years go by i mean because it's i mean i think it is quite rare that people you know settle pretty much on what they want at such a young age like you did but for me personally it was i always wanted to be like a famous musician from mm-hmm. quite quite a young age and i took it really seriously like throughout my 20s and i I kind of it caused me like a lot of grief <laughs> because I really got emotionally attached to it and kind of had my self-worth attached to whether or not I was successful in that. But I suppose now you said that looking at the bigger picture, it was always about wanting to inspire people. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing it now, like I'm still wanting because i'm setting up my own coaching business now so it's still you know wanting to help uh, and inspire people but it's a completely different way but yeah looking at it now it's that this is that same pattern of wanting to help others running through running through both choices that i had really right right and i think like that that's sort of the idea that there's this there's this theme and and i think that all of us sort of have this um we have this mission in our life and and it we and it's unique to us but it's also the same to everyone where it's like how do we show up with more love in the world how do we how do we express our own unique gifts and version that help to perpetuate people's evolution moving forward right and i think that we all some people it's music some people it's podcasting some people it's coaching some people it's it's inventing and creating something you know i don't, I don't know if like Steve Jobs, you know, when he was like making the computer, if he could have like for ever seen people like having like everybody has an iPhone and whatever, like you know what I mean? Like, and I think it's but the 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 mission is the same is is how do we share our unique gifts that we have, and in, in order to help propel and move people forward in life, and and we only do that by showing up with love and showing up with grace, and and for me too, like. 
like I said, you know, I initially thought that my, um, I initially thought that my dream was really working with children. Um, and I think that was also partially because when I had this vision, I was 13. And so yeah. how could I envision like working with adults, right? Because right. I was nowhere near adulthood. Um, and like the only people I thought it could help were people like my age or younger. But um, but as that, as I've grown and as that's evolved, you know, and I also thought too that, you know, I would, you know, one day far in the distance have a private practice, you know, and then I, I got to that dream when I was like 26 years old and I was like oh my god now what (laughs) you know and so and then and then this whole online coaching thing happened it's like oh wow I don't have to just see people like in my office like I can see people all over the world and so that becomes this whole other dream and I think it's just like allowing yourself to to have those like expansions and contractions in life so that you can move move forward. I think it was like Eric Fromm who said like the greatest thing a man can do is give birth to himself. And I think that like in life, we always have these constant like expansions and contractions going so that we can really propel our ourselves um, into this place of, of sharing and giving our own unique gifts that are aligned with love. And, um, and then thereby when we do that, like, the whole world benefits from that whatever that might be yeah absolutely and is this then is that a um something you have to help your clients with is that a kind of quite a typical thing that comes up when you know how do i figure out what i want to do with my life actually yes it is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> and it ranges from you know I, I know i mentioned before like in people in their early 20s or 30s um you know talking about what they want to do with their life but as i'm thinking about it right now i have clients uh women in their in their 40s of like you know they've sort of did the thing that they thought that they should do um, whether in, in the corporate world and because it, it kept them safe, it kept them, you know, they, they had a steady paycheck. They, you know, and that was sort of like what their parents did. And it's what my parents did too. And, um, you know, like they did the right thing. They went to school, they got this job, but like they never really felt aligned with it. Um, and they just did it and sort of, you know, they fell into the first job they got out of college and then their career, you know, evolved from there versus like, figuring out who am I, what are my gifts, and then going from there. And then now they're at this place in their life where they're like, wow, like I wake up every day and I, I hate going to work and I hate <laughs> what I do. Um, because I also, you know, tend to attract people into, as my clients of people who are awakening to spirituality and spiritual content and, and, um, <clears throat> which I love doing and I love talking about and I love using spirituality as a lens to see life. Um, and cause it's helped me so, so much. I've helped my clients evolve so, so much over a very short period of time. And, um, you know, they're coming to a space where it's like everything that I thought I knew, like I don't know about myself and I don't know anymore. And so what often we work on is like, getting back into yourself, which is oftentimes all about peeling the layers of the onion back to what it is you thought you were to who it is you've always been. And when you start to do that, you start to see more and more, what are your unique gifts? Who are you? (laughs) And, And how can you combine those to really show up differently in the world? 
And what I also try to do with my, a lot of my clients, and, and this is something that I've also struggled with as somebody who, you know, I'm using air quotes, you can't see them, but what, went to school for social work, you know, people be like, like, you know, you're going to be poor, right? Like, you know, they have this vision of me going into people's homes and taking away their children, which is not, which is like maybe 1% of like what's possible in the social work career. But but you know, like, oh, like we need people like you be that you know, people like you that are gonna be okay, like earning a menial salary and but doing a really good in the world. And I think that there's this there's this um belief system that there's this limiting belief system that a lot of us have grown up with that like if you do what you love or you do what you're passionate about or you do what what feels good to help people or whatever, that you have to live a, a menial near poverty kind of lifestyle. And, um, and, and so what I also work with my clients is, you know, when you step into your power and you believe that you can earn abundantly for doing something that you love to do and you're good at and you enjoy and you're passionate about that you can earn abundantly for it. And that's amazing. And that's such a gift. And the, the more that you're taking care of yourself, the more you can take care of your, your gift. And the more you can share with the world. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose there's there's a lot of, I suppose, kind of fear around, especially like if you've had a good corporate job, um, you know, kind of taking that leap. I mean, you can do little steps. You don't have to take huge jump. But there is a, I think there's that, there's definitely a fear people have of stepping into the, stepping into the unknown but i think having that trust in the universe or building that trust is um can cre create huge new opportunities and open uh, new doors for you but um if you if you live in that place of fear uh, and believe that things won't work out for you and that oh, there's nothing out there for me it, make, it does make things a lot more difficult for you and become really a self-fulfilling prophecy i suppose Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was sort of, you know, how I sort of branched out into what I'm doing now, <clears throat> which is, you know, I was working at a, a day job um, at, a, at a clinic, a mental health clinic. And so I was working there like 8.30 to 5. And then I would have my private practice from 5.30 to 9.30 at night. And then I would do it all over again, Monday through Friday. And so, you know, and I, I'm totally a big believer. It's like, sometimes you just have to quit the job and go, but there are a lot of steps that you can take along the way so that when you quit the job and go, it's not like, you know, you're, you don't have to worry about paying rent or something like that, or your mortgage or your car payment. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> some people do that and, and they, they, they can totally catch themselves, but, um, that's not my personal style. I would, I would personally freak out way too much if I had to do that. And so for me, what I did was I remember I was, so I was, and where I used to work, like it, with traffic, it was, it could be over an hour to get there in the morning. So I'd leave my house like seven 30 and I wouldn't get home till like 10 o'clock at night and I would do it all, all every day. And <clears throat> by the way, I'm so sorry. I keep doing that. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> take a drink if you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so I, I was doing that for, for a long time. And then, but what happened was, is, is I ended up building my private practice up enough to the point where I was able to leave. And when I was, when I left, I was earning about 
more than double at, at my private practice working about 10 hours a week than I was making in my 40 hour a week job. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so like when I was able to have the, I sustained that amount for about six to eight months before I, and then all of a sudden it was so funny because around that time I, w- I would wake up in the morning and I was cranky and I was hangry because I wasn't eating regularly because I was working so much and I wasn't taking care of myself, which I don't necessarily recommend everybody doing that. But for me, it was what I needed to do or what I, what I believed I needed to do at the time. So I did it. And, um, and so I was like, when am I going to leave my job? When am I going to leave my job? Like, I'm working like crazy. Like, this isn't fair. You know, and then all of a sudden what happened was, is I, I was like, you know, I, and I realized how resentful I would get to work. You know, I would just have this like sort of attitude and like, and, and then all of a sudden I, um, was speaking with my mentor once and she's like, you know what, you just need to be in the energy that you want to be, um, when you, when you leave and, and when you, how do you want to feel? What is it that you're looking for? What is the, what is the feeling that you want to feel mm-hmm. when you leave your day job? And it was like joy, freedom, like abundance. And so what happened was, is I just started going to work with that attitude and with that mindset and being like, this is temporary. This is a short period of time. Like everything is working out for me. I believe that I'm going to be successful. There is no failure here. You know, I'm doing very well. And, you know, and clients would come to me and then all of a sudden, um, it, it just hit me in this moment and I was just suddenly like, just ready to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and, and, and people would be like, how do you know when it's time to go? And it's, I sort of equate it like with my, when I married my husband or when my husband and I met and I was like, I just knew it was him. You know, I knew he was the one. Like, and people say like, you, you know, you're not going to know until you know. And I, and I totally believe that to be true. And I felt the same way almost when I left my job, meaning that like all of a sudden I came home one day and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. And I've done everything that I could do there. And, and I'm ready to, I'm ready to resign. And, um, and it was amazing. So, and as soon as I, I left my job, like all of a sudden I got all of these, like, you know, I was only probably working, like I said, I was probably working 10 or 12 hours a week, mm-hmm. earning about double what I was making at my day job. And, um, within a couple of weeks, I was totally full because it was like the universe knew that I couldn't take on any more clients. So it couldn't give them to me. And so, but then it's all, when I suddenly had more time, I had all these people calling me and out of the blue, it wasn't like I was marketing more or anything like that. I wasn't, um, I literally just left. And so all of a sudden the universe was like, Oh, like you have more time. Like here's more clients, here's more abundance. <laughs> and, it, and it worked out in this really beautiful way for me. I was very grateful for it, but I think it's all about, you know, show continuing, even when you're not in the place where you want to be just showing up with love and grace and with the belief that everything is working out perfectly. Yeah. That's so important. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's like the, the biggest thing because people get stuck in these unfulfilling realities and they just keep recreating them and right, you have right. to change something. Like I had a friend ask me not long ago, they fed up in their job and um they're miserable all the time and i said well you need to if you keep broadcasting that energy and that signal that's all you're going to get back and they said what do you mean i can be happy in my job even though i don't like it and i was like well yeah and if you stay in that place eventually you will be let out of it you won't just be happy and get stuck there forever <laughs> but right. until you change that energy you will continue you will stay stuck there for a long time 
Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I, what I would do is I would, I would start, like, I would compliment my coworkers more. I would bring cookies for the, the receptionist there. Like I, I, I try to make it a more lovely environment for myself. And, um, and it was, and it made it more fun for me to be there. And so then by the time that I, even though like I was very resentful for probably like a year before I actually left, um, but the last six months, I was very grateful to be there. And when I left, I was very sad. Um, and even though like I knew that it was the right thing for me to do, I, I was, I was, um, it made me sad to go versus like, F you guys, like, I don't want to be here anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I'm done. Like, you don't want to, if you want to like go and do what you want to do, you don't want to leave with that kind of energy because whatever energy you leave is the energy you're going to carry into your next position whatever it is, even if it's working for yourself. And so, you know, I really wanted it to be something that I, I share a, a time in my life that I cherish and that I valued. And, and, and I did. Yeah. And I think it's important for all of us to be able to do that. And, you know, one of my favorite, it's, I, I'm going to mess up the quote, but I'll, I'll, uh, I always mess up quotes and statistics, but I always try to, I get the, the point across, which is, I don't know if you listen to, or if your listeners listen to Abraham Hicks, but one of the things that they talk about is we're, we're always so focused about getting there, getting to that place where we want to be, getting to that place where we're happier, where we're with our soulmate, when we're, you know, when we're living with money, when we're, you know, in that big house, we always want to get to there. We want to get to there. And we're so focused on the here and now about getting to there. And what we're, what we're projecting out into the universe is this sense of lack or unworthiness of like, well, I don't have it now. So what I have now isn't good enough. Mm -hmm. And so, but if we really understand that I would like to get there, but where I am feels really good too. And when I am in that other place where I'm going to feel like how I'm going to act, how I'm going to behave and I act that act, think and feel that way right now, the there will then come to us. Versus if we're feeling like, oh, like I'm so mad, like I can't believe she made that much money or, you know, she got married or she, you know, or if we're so focused on like what other people are doing or what we think we should have when we don't have it or whatever, we, we create the sense of lack and, and, and when we own, when we are, are, are in fear and sadness and we're in that place we can't attract into our life the experiences the the joyful exciting and beautiful experiences that we deserve and desire into our life so we can't get to there from here we have to bring the feelings and the thoughts and the actions of there to here Mm, does that make sense yeah that's uh, the secret to life really i think (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. it's amazing though but if if somehow you do manage to push so hard that you achieve that thing that you strive for so long, um, I've seen that when you get it, I mean, you might be happy for like just like a few weeks or a month, but eventually that feeling of lack will come back again anyway. <laughs> right. Well, here's the thing. It's like, you know, and I'm just making up something else, but like, we're making up another circumstance, but like, you know, like, let's say like, yeah, it's like you get that million dollars that you've been like eyeing and dreaming about and manifesting and getting excited about. Like, and then once you get there, like, you're not like, you're going to want to continue to evolve. Like we're humans. We're meant to grow. We're meant to evolve. We're meant to change. And so like you're, it's, it's natural to continue to want more things in your life. Like it's part of like 
who we are, like uh, who we are as humans, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so like, know that your dreams are always going to evolve. Your goals are always going to evolve. They're always going to be more. But the, the, the reality is, is like, if we don't enjoy what we have right now, then all of that stuff won't come to us or won't happen as easily or as quickly as it could. And, bec- and, and realizing that it's not about obtaining the goal. It's about how have you been going about your journey, right? Mm-hmm. And knowing that when you get to that goal, like life isn't going to just all of a sudden stop and everything's going to be perfect and happy. Mm-hmm. It's, that's never going to happen. You know, um, your life is perfect and happy right now because you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And so how can you use where you are right now to get to where you want to be? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so what does... Uh, what does the term self-love mean to you? Self-love mean to me? Um, self-love means to me it is really making yourself the priority in your life and your your energy the priority in your life. And I know that that, you know, I don't know if a lot of your listeners are, are parents, <laughs> which can sometimes make making yourself a priority very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. But um, when you make your own energy a priority, and what I mean about your energy, I mean about like the actual energy you have to go about the day. I mean, the energy of your mood, the energy of your feelings, the energy of your behaviors. When we when we don't pay attention to that, we become tired, we become lethargic, we become depressed, we become anxious because what's what's happening is we're not paying attention to our natural internal sense of self and direction and intuitive guidance that we have. And so when I think of self-love, what I think of is really doing the things that you need to do every single day to make sure that your energy is in alignment with what it is that you want to create. And so, like I said, if you want that million dollars or whatever it could possibly be, or you want that car, you want that you know, I work with a lot of women. So you want that man, you want that baby, you know, you want all of those things. You want the white picket fence and 2.5 kids and dog and whatever, you know, you have to be in the energy that you think that that experience is going to create for you. Mm. Right. So how do you get into that joy? How do you get into that excitement? How do you get into that sense of freedom and well-being now? And what is it that you need to do to take care of yourself in that way now? Maybe it's taking a bubble bath. Maybe it's meditating. Maybe it's calling a friend or writing in your journal. Maybe it's listening to a podcast. You know, what is it that you need to do every single day? And it can be different things, you know, for different people. And it could be different things on different days. You know, how are you eating? How are you sleeping? You know, what is it that you can say no to and and allow yourself the gift of not feeling bad about it because because you need to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of self-love, I think of, of really taking care of your energy. And, and the more that you do that, the more your, you will love you because you are taking care of you. And the greater gift that you are going to be to your family and your friends and your colleagues because you are taking care of you. And it's really about 
also like self self acceptance and that everything has happened in the way that it's supposed to and and we're not a victim to our experience these things have happened to us so that we can evolve into the person that we're meant to be like i said in the very beginning as i was talking about my journey you know having an eating disorder and being depressed at 13 led me to this really beautiful crazy journey of being to help people all over the world and i'm so grateful for that and that but that never would have happened if i didn't go through this very dark time and so um, it's also realizing that those those dark dark moments of our lives are oftentimes our greatest gifts. Yeah, yeah, love it. <laughs> when yeah. yeah, I think when you understand that, it kind of opens up a whole new way of thinking for you. Because I mean, we all have those big struggles um, in time, and maybe when you're trying to you know, start a new new career or you've had a bad relationship and things are very challenging when you do those things that you just said and I mean you have a choice at every moment to to love yourself you don't have to be oh because I lost my job that I automatically have to be miserable I mean it's obviously it is challenging but you still have a choice <laughs> yeah well I, you know I think that that's that's so key because I think that that's oftentimes what a lot of people forget is that we have choices in how we feel we have choices in how we think well, you know, oftentimes it feels like, <clears throat> well, here, let me, let me explain this again. Cause we, we have, I, if you draw it a little circle at the top of the circle, I would put thoughts and then there would be the next one would be feelings. And then the next one would be behaviors. And we always have this cycle that's going on. We have a thought, we think we have a thought of there. Well, actually there's like four. So there's like the event that happens, right. That creates a thought that creates a feeling that creates a behavior, right. That creates another event creates another thought that creates another feeling that creates behavior we can't control the events all the time that are happening in our lives we can do the very best that we can and the more that we take care of our energy and take care of ourselves the more that we have this sort of spiritual mindset the greater our circumstances will be but we'll still get into car accidents we'll still like trip and break our foot like we'll still you know forget somebody's birthday like it will still do we'll still be humans right these things will still happen we'll still have a fight with our husband you know like these things will still happen to us and you know somebody will die you know somebody will get sick like these things will happen and so <clears throat> how do we start to slow down the process where this event creates a thought right the thing is is sometimes we can choose our thoughts but oftentimes what happens is 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 the thought gets like stimulated right away but we can choose whether or not we believe thought to be true and i think that that's the that's where we really start shifting how things start showing up for us like what so when the, there's an event that gets triggered like you just mentioned like losing your job right and you feel terrible about yourself like you know and your boss says you're worthless and you're a piece of garbage right <laughs> you know you can choose whether or not you believe that to be true Mm -hmm. right and you can look at your performance on the job and say like that's crazy or you know what like I didn't show up as my best self because I didn't want to be there and like right and so yeah. and you get to choose what you believe to be true 
And then as you start to choose that, your feelings about the situation start to change. And as your feelings about the, the event start to change, then your behaviors towards the event or towards future events start to change. And then the next event will happen, and then you'll have another thought, and then you'll, you can choose whether or not you believe it to be true, and then you can choose how you feel about it, and then you can choose how you behave about it. Oftentimes what happens is that cycle happens so quickly, we don't even realize that it's happening, but that's why the things that I love about meditation is that is that it helps to slow down that process mm -hmm. and it helps you to clean your mind so that when those events happen that it slows it down so that you can make the choices that you need to to be in alignment with the life that you want to create and realizing that like if you mess up and like if you kind of go down that negative rabbit hole like you can still get out right? You can forgive yourself and get out and you can always forgive yourself and choose another thought and you can forgive yourself and choose a higher vibrational thought. You know, you can't go from like, I feel like absolute garbage. I can't believe my boss fired me to like, I'm the best person on the planet. You know what I mean? It's hard to go from like there to there, but you can start moving slowly up the emotions. You know, like, well, maybe I'm not such a piece of garbage, <laughs> you know, like, maybe there were things that I could have done differently, or maybe this is the universe's way of telling me that I wasn't meant to be there. Maybe something better is happening, uh, is around the corner for me, right? Mm -hmm. So you can start to choose better and better thoughts that are, you can start believing to be true about you or about the circumstance. And, and then those will help, you know, align your feelings and your future behaviors with it so that you can sort of get out of that dark spiral. Does that make sense? Because I yeah. think like you hit on like a really big thing, which is like realizing that like, yeah, we have a choice in how we feel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Definitely. And definitely. Yeah. I mean, with the, the re reactionary thoughts, as you said, and it's, um, and, and bringing in the meditation as well. I mean, it's like a, uh, it's almost like a, a rewiring of, of the brain really. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was gonna say we have these neural pathways that get mm -hmm. formed in our brains. Like, you know, when this happens, this is how I respond. And, you know, and, and we're, we're, you know, when you get down to it, we're like, we're our bodies, our minds, our spirits are like the initial thing is always about safety. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's emotion, there's physical safety and emotional safety. And, you know, everybody responds to those things a little bit differently. But the, the idea is, is our bodies, our hearts, our minds, our souls, our spirits, like they want to keep us safe. But at the same time, uh, we can't isolate ourselves emotionally or spiritually or physically from the world. Right. Cause <laughs> in doing that, yeah. right. Which, but it can be, you know, but if you're, if you had a mean teacher, right, and they told you that you were a piece of garbage, and then all of a sudden you get, you know, older, and then you have a boss who's telling you you're a piece of garbage, like you're going to start believing you're a piece of garbage, right? Mm. And, but the reality is, is that these things are happening for you to open yourself up to believe that you're not a piece of garbage, right? And so it's, it's about allowing yourself that experience to build a new neural pathway that you're not I can't believe I'm, this one this is the one I'm using but like that you're not a piece of garbage right you have to start building up the thing the the 
circle around it, right? The, the event, the, the thoughts, the feelings, the behaviors around not being a piece of garbage. And it takes time to build a new neural pathway if that's what you've been feeling internally and that's what you've been told externally. Mm, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> what? I couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the other things um, that I've found in to be very powerful in my life and um, and you talk, touched on kind of the spiritual aspects of things, and I suppose spiritual mindset and believing that um, if that you live in a friendly universe, and I mean, it takes conditioning to really in, ingrain that in your mind. But when you do that, you can kind of look at even really extreme adversity and challenge. And if you look at it in the perspective of, oh, this is, you know, providing an opportunity for me to become more than I am today, it gives you a huge amount of power to, uh, you know, overcome things that you otherwise would completely just crumble or fall victim to really. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'm going to steal this from my husband. He's also a psychotherapist and life coach and spiritual teacher, but you know, what if he's, you know, do you essentially believe that life is working out for you or not? Mm. Like, does do you, internally, do you believe that life is working out for you? Um, and so, um, if you have that belief system that life is working out for you and that this is a friendly universe, um, then you are going to be much, much further ahead in your life than, um, than the other, than the other way. It's just sort of as we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorites. So powerful. But what's, it's so powerful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, so, I mean, the majority of your, I mean, everything that you're talking about today, is that, is that kind of what you um, were taught through the psychotherapy training or <laughs> is it stuff you've just kind of mostly come up with just through your own journey and then? yeah that's the foundation how does it look <laughs> yeah um no not at all <laughs> um i don't want to say not at all <laughs> some of some of it yes um you know my psychotherapy training i think is is something that makes me a really um that makes my coaching very unique with my clients but you know in, in therapy in general it, it can oftentimes feel very focused on the past. Um, and, 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 every, and all of that, you know, I do believe is, is very, very important, but I think sort of where, um, psychotherapy leaves off is, is sort of these, these elements of, of the universe and how to, how to live in life. You know, it's like, you can, take these experiences that you have and, and sometimes going over these experiences again and again and again can oftentimes make people feel like victims to their experiences versus feeling empowered by them. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so like, I actually have a client who has been, um, she's, she is one of my um, psychotherapy clients and she's been, been working with her probably about three years and she's had a therapist for the last 25 years and she's come further in the last three years be 
because I started giving her spiritual content than she has over the last 25. Um, You know, when I first started working with her, she was very, very, very much a victim to her experience. And that was a lot of what we talked about is like, if you want to get from A to B, you can't be a victim. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, like, yes, like these terrible things happen to you. And yes, you know, your parents weren't the parents that you wish you had, like probably about 90% of the population, right? <laughs> right? Maybe, yeah. I don't know if this is just the people I see anyway. <laughs> so yeah. I probably you know, have a skewed version of that. But like, we all wish that our parents had done something differently, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most of us. And so, you know, uh, yes, like, you know, um, when it comes to these circumstances, you know, if you keep playing them out over and over and over and over again, you know, for 20 years, like, you know, I, I've seen people, you know, not really get very far, but mm-hmm. yet when I bring in the spiritual concepts of, of, of the universe and, and what I believe to be true and, and what I've studied with when I've studied with, you know, Bernstein and among other teachers and Marion Williamson. Mm-hmm. When I bring these concepts into my practice, people skyrocket in ways that they didn't even know was possible for them. And they get much more in touch with who they are and realize in the ways that they have been creating this sense of, of victimhood around themselves. And so, you know, what I, I teach a lot in my coaching is like how, you know, I want to understand all about you and how you got to be who you are. And I think that I do that through a very different lens than maybe some other coaches because of my psychotherapeutic background. And I've right. studied with world-renowned psychiatrists as well, who were just incredible. And, you know, and so I have this unique lens of being able to see, okay, this is what happened to you. Here are the circumstances. Here's what's happened. And I have these spiritual tools, right? And so how do we combine all of them together so that you don't have to feel like a victim to your experience anymore? And you can truly live the life that you were meant to live, which is in alignment with love and compassion and have a sense of freedom to be the person that you know that you can be. And you can have that relationship and you can make that money and you can feel that sense of joy. It's so interesting that one of the clients that I'm, I'm referring to, you know, she actually just got a, a, a what she considered was a, a bad review from her, from her boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and she handled it with such grace. Um, instead of, you know, feeling a victim to it, she saw her participation in it and also didn't let it ruin her life the way she would have done three years ago when we first met. And so, and all of that and what she and I have been talking about is, is her own awakening to utilizing spiritual concepts and her own desire to not be the victim to her experience anymore. And that she is the creator of her reality and she can create whatever she desires. And when we understand that we are the Create, we're the co-creators of our experience with the universe, then we have this capacity to really do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I say anything, <laughs> I almost don't mean anything because you're supposed to do only what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, which I think, you know, like my parents was like, you can be whatever you want to be. <laughs> and like, I know they meant that with the best of intentions, but I was never going to be like a mathematician or something like that. Like I hated math, you know, but you, you can only be 
who you are Mm -hmm. and who you are in alignment with becoming. And so whatever that is, you can be anything within that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, you can't just, like, the one always comes to my mind, you know, I'm not American, when people say um, you can be whatever you want to be, I always imagine someone saying I want to be the president, and it's just like, well, you know, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah, that, that, that's not going to happen, at least here, but maybe somewhere else, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, I, do, I, I, I believe you can be you can but you can be whatever you want to be but you can only be you right and so when you like and then when you realize that that whatever you want to be is the most use of you of Mm -hmm. who you are what your gifts are like that's that's what that means to me you know yeah Yeah. that's cool yeah so would you say then that um doing that psychotherapy the training has kind of even though it's not, you know, everything that you wanted it to be, it gave you kind of a foundation and a grounding. Cause that's one of the things, I mean, people, I think you can get kind of too drawn into the spiritual side of things and then not be able to apply it to the real world if you just get too lost in it. And that's one of the things that I really like about neuroscience and quantum physics, which I've never really been interested in it that much in the past, but the last like, especially the last few months I've been like it it kind of creates like a tangible explanation for these you know amazing uh, spiritual phenomenon that occur so yeah I, I mean absolutely <laughs> you know when I when I, I I went I'm somebody who went straight through school that's why I was able to open up my private practice at 26 so mm-hmm. I went from college to graduate school to my first job which gave me the hours to be able to open up my business and so like I and when I was doing that like I was always curious about spirituality I guess but I didn't really know it if that makes any sense like I, I liked reading my horoscope and I definitely knew I was a Libra because of like all of the attributes that Libras have and I'm a Libra and Me like you know, <laughs> and I like was curious about psychics but never actually went to one and yeah. and I and then actually my my husband Josh my husband when we met um and I and I knew that I felt better when I meditated, but I didn't really understand why. And I knew it was good, but still didn't understand why. And um, <clears throat> I had some um, experiences in my in my life at that time. My my father was very so. It was about well, it started in two thousand and nine, but when I met my husband around two thousand and. 11, 12, 12, sorry. Um, uh, my, my father had been really, really sick and <coughs> there were several nights and emergency surgeries when, when we didn't know whether or not he was going to die. And, um, and, and things just like kind of kept happening. He's, he's alive now and he's, he's doing okay. Um, but there were several uh, years um, and peer, and within those years, periods of months where that he was in the hospital for long, long periods of time. And, um, and, and I remember there was this one night where something had happened and there was this, um, 
he was either going, they, he had to have this emergency surgery where he was going to either die that night or they were going to, or try to save him with this crazy surgery that no one had ever done, but like it had to be, they had to try mm -hmm. because he was going to die. And, um, and so what happened was, so they, they rushed him into the hospital and all this crazy stuff and was happening. And I remember like laying on the, um, waiting room floor. So the, the surgery floor, the surgery room was like down in sort of like the hospital basement. And like, we we're in this waiting room and I just like laid on the floor to like, even be like inches closer to my dad, you know, physically, which might sound crazy, but you know, we're desperate in those times. And I was laying down on the floor and I was just like, God, like, I, I don't know, like what to say. Like, I've heard about you. I, I felt you this one time in my life before when I went to Israel and I went to the wall and that was really cool. But like, I, I need help. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm lost. And, um, and like, I had this overwhelming sense of like, he's going to be okay. Come mm. over me. And, and it was just this knowing like, he's, he's okay. He's doing okay and it's going to be okay. And I was like, wow, like that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's so not anything that I do. Yeah. Um, and, but I, and, and I didn't even really talk about that. I haven't really even talked about it, that situation, that moment that much in my life, <clears throat> but I had, I had this experience and, and I was just like, so, um, so desperate for that connection at that moment. And he miraculously pulled through that surgery. Um, and you know, it took a long, long time for him to be okay. And lots of surgeries later for him to be okay. Mm. Um, but ultimately he, he is alive and he's okay. Um, and I, and then when I met my husband, um, a year or so after that, two years, I can't remember right now, but when I met my husband, he, <laughs> um, he was somebody who had been meditating twice a day for, you know, 15 years or something at that time. He was very into spirituality and doing yoga since he was every day since he was like 14 years old. And, mm -hmm. and I liked yoga and, and I was really open to what the spiritual world was like. And he started sharing with me these teachers and these experiences and we went to these workshops and we did yoga together and, and, and he opened me up to this world that I never really knew existed. I, I guess I had, was interested in it and I was definitely a very willing participant, but like, it was like, oh, and here are all of these self-help books you can read. And here's like all about the universe. And did you know that this could happen? I was like, oh my God, no, like, that's amazing. <laughs> and so it was just so, so crazy how all of that, and then how I started awakening, how I started bringing these experiences and my, my new intuitive knowledge and my new intuitive, like trusting of myself, um, into my life. And, and as I did that, I brought that into the lives of my clients and they'd be like, really? Wow. And then all of a sudden their lives would start to change so miraculously too. And so, you know, oftentimes I, I agree with you. I think that the, if you get too spiritual, it can, it can be like, well, too crazy out there. Mm. Right. But, um, but like if you, I have found that combining it sort of with the grounding of psychotherapy and understanding like how all of, how family dynamics work and how they make you who they are and how things are 
or how you grow up and all of that stuff, combining it really helps people align, understand themselves better and it helps them become the person that they've always known that they could be or are meant to be. Yeah. That's so. Cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, agree with all that. It's great, uh, great story as well. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Cool. So what, um, what kind of uh, like coaching services do you offer then? Do you do like packages or do you just you know, do session by session when you're working with? Uh, yes. <laughs> so I offer coaching packages on my website. Um, you can find me at www.ashleyewatson.com. Um, but, and yeah, so I have a six month coaching package right now. I'm super excited about it. It's really amazing. I've seen people like within three months of this coaching package, I've seen people, one of my clients, um, she was, you know, living at home with her parents. She had like a job that was basically paying her minimum wage, even though she was like a lawyer and like very well educated. <laughs> and she was in this really terrible terrible relationship and within three months she doubled her salary wow. moved out of her parents home and broke up with a terrible boyfriend and so <laughs> um which is amazing right i mean yeah. just like change your life in three months is is pretty incredible um in that way and so <laughs> Um, so I have like this six month coaching program because, um, you know, I, I really start to, you really start to see the changes over the three to four months of your life. And in this coaching program, it's really amazing. We have a three hour intensive session. We have a VIP day. We, I see you almost weekly. We have a co-journaling where we can journal online. It's really amazing together. Um, it's, it's awesome. And I'm like, just basically like your spiritual BFF psychotherapist person for six months to really help you get into alignment, get clear on where you want to be, get clear on what's blocking you, release those blocks, negativities, limitations, limiting beliefs, so that you can fully step into the person that you were meant to be and, and have the tools that you need to be able to evolve and move forward. Awesome. Sounds great. Yeah. And I'll, um, I'll put the uh, link to your website in the show notes as well so people uh, anyone who's interested can can check that out as well awesome awesome so um yeah it's been absolutely great to have you on the show today and it's been a great conversation and thank you for coming on and sharing your uh, your story and everything uh, you've learned along the way Oh, thank you, Chris. It's been really awesome. I'm so grateful for this opportunity and to, you know, reach out to your listeners and share my story. And if there's anything that I can do to support you or them along the way, please just let me know. Awesome. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So that is all for today, guys. I hope you've really enjoyed this um, conversation and gotten some uh, really great takeaways from this. And I'll put the, uh, link to Ashley's website in the show notes so you can check that out as well so thank you all so much for listening and I'll catch you all next time take care bye bye <laughs>